Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds. And the podcast that talks about insurance operations, employee engagement, technological adoption, and all kinds of stuff to try to make your agency cool for vendors, employees, and clients. Big shout out to Indio. If you don't know him, you should. www.useindio.com. They're awesome. They take a bunch of data from your clients. They put it into one place. They make you look cool. They make you look futuristic. You don't have to go say you're different. You can just show that you're different. With that, I'm excited. We're closing in on our 100th episode. I think we have three left to go, and I've got two of my best buds in the insurance industry that are going to hang out with me for the next three. It's Melissa Wilder and Asia Hurley. What's up, ladies? Hey. <laughs> How's it going? It's a good day. I get to hang out with y'all, man. It's, Thanks you know, for having me back. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. One of my buddies asked me a couple of days ago, she was like, "What's what was the best thing, best day you ever had at your job? And I got emotional. I was thinking about stuff. And so I think um, in a couple of and, and two podcasts down the stretch, we'll get into that a little bit and kind of and kind of talk through that. Today, I wanted to discuss onboarding and offboarding. You know, you guys have been through uh, career some some job changes in the last year or so, and I thought it would be interesting to get insight um, for agencies to understand. You know, what what's good, what's bad, what should they do. And I think first and foremost, let's go ahead and have an introduction. Melissa, kick it off. Who are you? What do you do? And who are you? I am Melissa Wilder. I'm a senior account manager for Beecher Carlson, and I handle large international accounts. Been in the business way too long. I won't give numbers because that may give away my age. <laughs> but old enough. And you've been a producer, an account manager, and an AE. In, in yes. your uh, tenured career, we would say. <laughs> My very tenured career. Yes, I, I've been a producer and account executive. Um, took a step back for a while because I was tired of traveling. And so I went back to account management and I've really started enjoying it recently. It's, it's really provided me a lot more opportunities where I still feel engaged with the client on a high level, but not at, not the complete level of stress of a producer, if that makes sense. And we were kind of talking about it and you and I are both kind of at the end of the middle of our careers, kind of what I would think, right? Like we're right. about to enter our, maybe not golden years quite yet. I'm not ready to go there, but. No, I am not there yet. No, but it's at that point where I really have to start thinking about, okay, yeah. my options are going to be limited at some point. Where do I really want to make a home right. and grow? So Asia, what about you, man? What, where are you at? What do you do? How long have you been in the game and all that jazz? Well, I'm at Scott Insurance. I'm a commercial analyst there, um, which is essentially an account manager. Um, I guess I've been in, all in probably like seven years now, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, yeah. So, and I've been at Scott about five months now, I guess, which is also kind of crazy to think about. So yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, first and foremost, you know, change is um, challenging, right? Change is one of those things that is it's scary, man. And, and um, 
you know, I've been, I, I had the job change coming over to AssureX and then, you know, you guys have changed positions and then obviously just life is constantly evolving. And so I think as we go through changes that were purposeful, that we choose, at least that's kind of nice because a lot of times we've thrown changes that we don't choose, you know, yeah. so we get a little practice, uh, a little at bat with, with the change that we do choose. So you guys were at an agency and then both of you opted to leave at different times. You left five months ago, Asia. When did you leave, Melissa? I left five months ago. Okay. And then Asia, so you, both of you guys left about the same time. Mm -hmm. I think okay. pretty close. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I think through one of the challenges that agencies have, you know, offboarding is always difficult. You guys have both been in seats when somebody else has left and then you kind of have to carry the bag and it's like uh, you're, you're jumping all around. You know, as you guys think through the different places that you've been and left, do you guys have insights? Do you, do you wish that, you know, for the betterment of your team, right? Because I mean, really, we, we, we typically really enjoy the people that we work with if we work there for a long time, because we'll change positions if we don't, right? I mean, we, that's what keeps us there. And so, you know, you always feel kind of guilty for leaving. Right. You're just like, right. oh, man, there's a little bit of celebration. There's a little bit of nervousness and there's a little bit of guilt because you're leaving your battle buddies that you've been in the trenches with for a while. And so, right. you know, what do you guys think yeah, as you look at how you were offboarded um, through the different places that you've been? Is there a is there something that's glaring that that you're like, man, I, they should have done X. They should have done Y. Any kind of insight for the firms that are listening? I think for me maybe you know a couple of times leaving somewhere and just kind of the uncertainty as to how the day is going to go what's going to happen next feeling a little like you kind of like you said you already feel a little bit bad because you have this sense of loyalty to where you are um and it's the hardest when you're leaving a place that you really love and love the people um so you're already kind of having this internal struggle and then um, just the uncertainty of not knowing, okay, well, am I going to finish out the day? Am I going to finish out the week? Am I going to finish out two weeks, you know, and then, um, you know, just having something solidified for you about that. Um, you know, I've been in situations where I've heard, oh yeah, it's going to be this, it's going to be this. And, and throughout the day, those things change and, and you're kind of just all over the place. Um, you know, and then you've got seamless transitions where, uh, everybody's super nice. They totally understand. And especially when you feel like you're leaving for what could be a better opportunity for your career in that moment, um, you know, and, and they congratulate you. They, they tell you, Hey, best of luck to you in the future. I'm always here if you need anything, you know, so I've kind of seen both ends of the spectrum on that. Um, obviously the latter is my favorite, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just challenging it. either way. It is. I mean, and I, and I agree. So I think a good, a good, you know, obviously a corporation is put into an interesting position if the employee is leaving for a competitor, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, right. and so, but I do think that if, if a corporation had a standard of, hey, you know, if you're leaving for another competitor and you put your notice in, you, you, here's your five, five steps that's going to happen. You know, we're walking you out at the end of the day or that day, you'll have time to, to collect your belongings. I mean, so some kind of process where you don't, because you already feel so vulnerable, you mm -hmm. know, just feel vulnerable. And so I think that's a really good observation. What about you, Melissa? I think a lot of it comes from if you are, 
in a position where you do get to work out your two weeks is trying to figure out what to do in that two weeks. You know, should, what point do I hand this off to this person? When do I bring this other person in? Like who needs to know what and make sure clients are taken care of so things aren't dropped in the transition. And one thing that I was involved in recently um, when I left was the entire team sat down together and took an hour and was like, okay, these are the renewals coming up. Where are you with this? So we can, you know, divvy it up and know who's picking up where and kind of going through the different process and different clients. So everybody could step in and it would be seamless. I don't think that's probably the norm because people normally are going to a competitor, but I do feel like that is the best for the clients in the team because everybody's on the same page everybody's informed. It takes a lot of the anxiety out of the situation, a lot of the guesswork, and it's just best for the client. So that's, that's a positive way that I've seen it done. Well, I like that. I like, I like the perspective of, you know, looking out for the client as the, the ultimate person that we're providing care for. Right. right. And make it as easy on them. Um, Cause I think it also, there's a variable there about how engaged the exiting employee is. Right. I mean, working out that two weeks can be um, tough. You know, it can. It can uh, I worked out a year. I had a year at when I was at linear Upshaw because I had such terrible programming there. <laughs> that I had to bring somebody in and train them over a year to be able to clean up the mess that I had made in the decade that I was there. And so by the end, by those last two or three months, man, it was, Ooh, it was, I was ready. I was, I was tasting it. You know, I was like, mm, it's time. <laughs> and you, I, you do get to that point where you're like, yes, I'm ready. I've done my deal. Let's go. And I definitely think after that meeting, I was like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> you know, you really are ready to transition. But I also think a lot of people are extremely invested in their clients. And I mean, you get to know them, you know, some of them are like friends and family. And I think it, it, it speaks to who you are as well, wanting to make sure that they are taken care of. It's hard to leave your friends at work, but it's also hard to leave those clients behind as well. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, it's almost harder. I mean, I remember transitioning out of that and uh, I had a few clients that used to send me Christmas cards and I just thought that that was so special because usually as the agent, you know, you're the one sending out Christmas cards and letting people know how much you appreciate them. But when you get them from your clients, like, I mean, just something as simple as that and you leave and, and you're going, not only are you going to a place where you don't really know your, your new coworkers, but you don't know your new clients and you have to build all of these new relationships at one time. So it's weird the guilt that you feel when you like, I, I remember walking in, you know, after I'd given notice it's just you feel so sheepish you like just you just there's like this weird like emotional like i'm abandoning you i don't know <laughs> man it it was bad for me like cuz i mean you know i i like i i really enjoy the vast majority of the individuals that i work with um and to, to leave them at when we were doing cool things was always challenging, you know, um, especially when you're balancing what's the right choice for you and, and your life and your family and all that stuff. But I, I think that's something that's that human quality is so often missed. I mean, it is a scary time to transition in the, and I think it puts employees in a place of vulnerability where it's easy for them to make decisions that are, I've seen employees mess up, 
badly on their last couple of days. Mm -hmm. They got nervous. They emailed themselves some stuff home. You know, I'm, uh, you know, and, and the last thing an IT person ever wants to be is the damn police. We don't ever want to do that. You know, big brother is some crap. But when HR comes up and it's like, hey, can you go and look at X, Y, and Z and see what happened? And you pull the list and they're emailing clientless home and it's a producer or something. It's like, oh, that that's a bad thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think anything that companies can do to, to assuage that feeling. And, and I think that, um, you know, Crichton, when I left Crichton, I, you know, this, my COO was extremely like, Hey, if it's the right move for you, you, you know, we understand. And yeah. no matter what, I still felt like such a bastard. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, leave it all my friend. <laughs> All right. And so on the flip side, then, you know, as we're looking at, I mean, offboarding is, is oftentimes an afterthought and it's a reaction because now this has happened and companies, when you get brought on, they don't ever want to think about you leaving, right? Oh, you were going to hire this person. They're going to be here for 20 years and they're going to do the work. And so offboarding, I think it gets a lot less looks than onboarding does. And, but I think onboarding has a higher impact because once you offboard somebody, they're out. And if they were acidic at the end, which can sometimes happen, and, and it's not really acidic, it's the barrier that you had um, for decorum in the organization is now kind of melted. And so you can be more honest from with your perception. And then obviously that comes out as vitriolic or acidic you know, and people are like, oh, that's, they're, they're full of drama. And I don't think that's the intent, you know, but I think with the onboarding aspect of it, companies have a really great opportunity to show an employee what that new life looks like. And, you know, the same kind of question from you guys, you know, is what, what are experiences you've had during onboarding that you were like, well, okay, I can, this is cool. You know, that made you feel safe. That made you feel like you made the right decisions. For me, my most recent one was really good. Um, my first day, but I was in an odd position. The ladies whose place I took was retiring. So she stayed for a month and helped ease me into it and gave me all the ins and outs and walked me through the IT systems. And so that's rare to actually have that dedicated time, but it made a world of difference. Um, in conjunction with that, they also gave me a three ring notebook, which I'm sure now it would be an Adobe PDF, but you know, a notebook of all their operations and having other onboarding positions where it's like, here's your desk, go for it. Good luck to have a notebook with tabs that I can go to and refer to with questions was like having a security blanket. Right. It, it set the tone. I was like, even if they're not saying out loud in your mind, they're like, we're invested in you. You know, we're going to be a resource. Here's a resource. Here's a resource. You know, we want you to here's the roadmap for success. You know, if, if, if somebody else doesn't convey this, at least you have a go-to or you have the standard operating procedures kind of there that can be a final authority on the questions. Cause yeah, I mean, you, you have no idea when you get to a new place and the last thing that I ever want to be like is, yeah, well, we used to do it like, you know, I want to wait like a day or two before I start throwing that at them, you know? <laughs> what about you, Asia? I feel like, you know, I've kind of seen that all over the spectrum now as well. Um, I mean, some of the best things I've seen obviously would be um, 
you know, like getting a knowledge check when you start to kind of see where you are and not to be intimidating. Like, well, if you're not to this level, then we don't want you here. But you know, if you're at this level, then we want to give you this much training. And if you're at this level, then obviously you don't need as much training. Um, so, and I think that's really great. Um, being able to do that, assess where somebody is and then put a training program in place specifically tailored to their needs, you know, and then I've also seen it as, you know, you get stuck with a crazy mess <laughs> and that's really hard. I think for people to get, to get put in that position because out of the gate, you know, not only are they, like I said before, kind of in here building these relationships with people, but now they're walking right into it with just like they're in crisis mode. And now they're, you know, running around like, well, what do I do? I, I, you know, and I think that just, I think that puts people in a really tough spot. Um, it doesn't give them a chance to really get to know and love the company that they're working for. Um, and it's really hard to love your job if you don't really love where you're working for as well. So, cause that's a big piece of it. Um, yeah. And then I've just seen where it's, where it's nothing. I mean, they don't give you any training. They don't have a procedures manual in place. Um, and that, that obviously I think can be the most tough. I guess you can look at that both ways if they're open to letting you, you know, help create procedures and do things, you know, then, then that can be a good spot to be in. But yeah, I mean, I think having a company that brings you on and lets you know out of the gate, Hey, we care about you. We want to see where you are and we're going to help you go forward. What, whatever that looks like. Um, to me, that automatically just sets kind of uh, this gold standard for that place. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, I think it's really hard for a new employee to come in because I've seen that happen a lot, right? Like, Hey, you come in, we don't have any procedures. Oh yeah. You go ahead and help us figure out the procedures. But you're brand damn new. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, you don't on. really know how they operate normally. No, you're going so, to Jeff or Bob's toes. Right. And yeah. they're going to get all mad and get in yelling and whatnot. And get all <laughs> angered. And I mean, and, and you're, we're nervous because when we get in, when we first come in, I mean, again, there's, there's a lot of anxiety walking through those doors when you know, like two or three people, and you're trying to present the, the new image of you because they didn't watch you in the last three or four years. I mean, when you come into an organization, I think sometimes they remember that first three months forever, right? Like, oh, yeah, they've progressed, but they're still that person they were three or five years ago when we hired them, where when you go to a new place, you get to redefine all that. And you come in and you'd be like, hey, I got a plan. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and so, what about on the employee side? You know, from what errors have you guys seen working next to new employees that have come in, that have kind of shot themselves in the foot, I would say, um, and not given them the best chance for success? Are there are there consistent behaviors that you've seen with new hires that that um, you think can, you can help folks out so they they don't make those mistakes? I think there's a fine balance between coming in. Confidence is a great thing, but I think there's a fine balance when you come in somewhere new, finding the level of confidence that you come in with. Um, 
I'm, I'm all about confidence, but, uh, you know, and I've had moments where I've been a little too confident and that, that shines through and I probably should dial it down a notch, you know, and it's trial and error. You learn as you go. But, um, if you come in and you seem so confident that you know everything and nobody can teach you anything, there's nothing you can take from anybody else, then automatically that kind of puts, a t that puts a tough light on you because you know everybody's already starting to make a judgment oh okay she knows everything or he knows everything and um you know and then they don't want to help you because they feel like you know well obviously there's nothing that i can give to you so um i think that's probably a really big thing is just finding that happy balance of confidence yeah i agree i totally agree with that i think that using emotional intelligence right and that sometimes right. you take the lose where somebody's like a, they, maybe they're showing you something very rudimentary and you could be like oh i already know that but maybe just because you want you don't want to set the precedent for that right you you go ahead and let them fully explain it so you and it is it's it's a balance between i need to show you what i know versus i i need you to be my friend <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, and <laughs> I need to be likable enough to get along with the team, right? Yeah. So I definitely agree that the balance of of confidence and um, communication is is big. And I and I don't think confidence means that you can't say I don't know. I think uh, confident people are confident enough to be like, yeah, I there's so much that I don't know. Absolutely, right? yeah. What about you, Melissa? What are you seeing out there? I think being open to how the team and that culture works is a big one versus, oh, we did it here. Oh, we did it this way here. Oh, we did it. That is not going to translate very well because if that place was so functional, you know, you kind of have to ask the question, then why did you leave? And you have to be open when you go to somewhere else. It's like moving to a new city. Everything is different. You know, there's a time and a place like Asia was talking about, you know, to kind of say, hey, I have a, a different idea how to do this, but coming across and trying to kind of wipe out the team's way of doing things doesn't come across very much like a team player. Uh, that's just one that I've seen. And also the ability to say, when you're new, you're going to make mistakes. It's, it's going to happen. You're new. You know, you don't know everything at all times, all the time. So the ability to be like, yes, I messed that up. I misunderstood. I'm sorry. And to take ownership of it, I think says a lot with the team for how you interact and for yourself. And just being able to, you know, take that and learn from it and grow. And I just think that really, I can't say enough about, you know, trying to fit within the team when you first onboard, doing all that. And it, it dovetails into what with Asia, with what Asia is saying, you know, trying to come in and, and be part of that environment and that culture will do you a world of good. Yeah. I've, you know, I, I have this thing that in my head, it's always like, seek the why before you seek to fix it. Right. Like, mm -hmm. Because as a technologist, I mean, you know, you set up IT and freaking agencies and somebody comes in from another agency that does one thing really well. And then they're like, oh, well, this is how we did it. And you're like, all right. 
but it took us four years to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I mean, and so because of there's no understanding, and of course, they're just trying to contribute, right? They're trying right. to make an impact and show them what a good decision it was to get hired. But I think that's one of those moments where you got to like make that happen. And some people don't have that internal dialogue at all, right? We've all worked with individuals that are just like, <laughs> this is the way we did it there, and it's so much better, and it's like day three. <laughs> I mean, and it just turns everybody off to them. And it, and it sucks because that wasn't their intention, I don't think. Right. You know, they just wanted to, to validate the decision for hiring. But a weekend, I mean, you do not want to be the person that everybody's like, oh, yeah, if you talk to X person, you know, in the break room, and oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Because that's what happens. I mean, you know, we, we spend too much damn time with each other at these jobs to not to have our ideas and the things that we've worked hard at diminished by an individual that doesn't understand the struggle that we went through to accomplish what we have right you said that very well That's, yes you put that very well but i mean i do think that you know that that having those that if you're a new hire coming in having that internal dialogue and, and making purposeful decisions on when to learn and when to interject and i would always say interject after day 21 <laughs> you know? that's a good point yeah you know? Yeah, go, and, go you know, days. I would add to that point too. I mean, to Melissa's point, but on the fellow employee side, as somebody's employee who is coming in new, um, you know, I've been in the position before where, well, so and so didn't do it like that. So and so didn't do do this this way. You're doing it wrong. You need to do it. And, you know, it's hard as a new employee when you're coming in because you do have all of this change going on and you're trying to figure out your way. And especially when you're newer into insurance, um, you know, you're, you've got a lot to figure out. Um, so it's hard when you feel like not only are you trying to learn, but you're being compared to somebody off the bat. That's a really tough spot to be in. So as a fellow employee, like, you know, kind of from the outside looking in, kind of remind yourself, hey, this person is new, they're probably going to need help. And let me, let me be open to what they have. Right. Give them chances, the right? Like, don't, I mean, and, and I think there's ways to help guide them if, if obviously we've been with folks that can't be guided, but, you know, having patience <laughs> and, and understanding the vulnerability that they feel in that in those moments as well you know Absolutely. i think for companies and employees i hope you guys took something away from this mainly be cool right both employees <laughs> and companies be cool guys be cool. <laughs> be cool treat people like you want to be treated you know uh, i have a fundamental belief in the goodness of humans and for the vast majority of the time that that is that that is proven correct there's been a few that have not for the vast majority of times, that has been proven correct. So thank you so much, Melissa and Asia. Thank you, listeners. I hope you guys took something away from this. Uh, I'm Ryan with the Digital Broker. Big shout out to Indio, www.useindio.com. If you don't know them, you should. Check them out. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and E&O free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one -on -one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.
www.useindio.com slash podcast.